Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. Restaurant operations checklists are one of the most universally applied systems across all types of restaurants from fast food to fine dining. And the reason is they work. They focus our managers every shift, every day on those most important things that they need to do from a guest readiness and food safety perspective. But there's a problem. 94% of managers and owners believe that their teams are pencil whipping their checklists. And that's because they're doing them on paper. Paper sucks at holding people accountable. You don't know when they started. You don't know when they stopped. You don't know if they pencil whipped. You have to physically be in the restaurant looking at a clipboard to see if your restaurant's operating safely and your managers are following the systems that you have in place. That is no way to manage your business. Check out the Ops Analytica Inspector. Search Restaurant Checklist app. With the Ops Analytica Inspector, we're gonna digitize your checklist, we're gonna put them on the app, and you're gonna have instant visibility into how your managers are actually completing your checklist, if they're getting them done on time, if they're pencil whipping, and you're gonna be able to determine if you have any food safety or critical issues that you need to address immediately. Check us out online at opsanalytica.com. <laughs> hey, it's Tommy Yanolis here with another episode of the Order Up Show podcast, and I am very excited to have on here today um, our marketing guru here at Ops Analytica, Mr. Ian Garlic. So welcome, Ian. Tommy, thanks for having me. <laughs> we were just chatting before. That's why I was laughing when we came in. Um, so, so here's a, so Ian is the, uh, he is a restaurant guy and he'll get into that. He's also a marketing uh, guru and he'll get into that as well. We met Ian uh, originally at the Infusionsoft conference because we both use Infusionsoft in our businesses. It's like a, you know, whatever CRM software. And uh, we actually met at lunch on the second day of the conference two years ago. But here's the crazy thing. That another one of Ian's, oh, and he lives in Florida and I live in Colorado, but another one of his clients literally lives five houses away from me, which I just thought was a weird <laughs> That well, What was really funny about it was I, I was like, you know, Tony, you, you remind me of one of my other clients, Tommy, and he's like, he lived five doors down from me. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh man. Okay, cool. So guys, as you know, the podcast, uh, it's a pretty simple format. We always ask the same five questions that, but because Ian is a marketing guy, we're going to actually try to, we're going to dive deep into some marketing stuff sort of in the middle and we're going to uh, change up the question order a little. So for those of you who are diehard fans, I just have to tell you, you just, just roll with it this week. It's going to be a great podcast with a lot of great information, a lot of practical information. That's kind of the key uh, for what you should be doing and what your digital presence is. So generally, I don't do a huge intro on people because the first question is the intro and let you give us your bio. So Ian, question number one. Explain what you do today and then take us through your career progression from your first job in the industry to what you do today. Wow. So right now I'm CEO of Authentic Web. Uh, we are a video marketing agency, really focus on digital video storytelling, helping people tell their story. And it, for a lot of people, that's woo woo, but it's it's not because people buy stories. They remember stories. And I, I mean, I think it's so critical for businesses to embrace their story and especially medium sized brands. Uh, you know, the big brands have a tough time with it, but we help those small to medium sized businesses find their story and then sell with it digitally through video um, and as well as creating marketing funnels, et cetera. But that's really the big thing we do. Um, we work with service based businesses. We have restaurants, um, 
and software companies and and uh, a, a, quite a few large restaurants. I my career per, uh, career progression that's a tough one uh, was never a, yeah. <laughs> um, well you know it's interesting you know I grew up in an entrepreneurial household my parents owned restaurants my father actually there's a New York Times article he was he's credited with bringing the first Euro distributorship to the United States so um, and then even though he was nor neither Greek nor a food expert at the time. Um, yeah. What, what did he bring? The what Euro, bring? the first Euro distributorship. Here, like, oh, yeah. Okay. You were pronouncing it with a Greek accent. I got you. I thought I couldn't understand what you said. Gyros. He's Gyros. Like gyro distributor. Yeah. I, I grew up with them. So, uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So they took that money and used it to start restaurants, um, uh, in Wisconsin. And, um, they owned three restaurants at the time. And one of them actually, they had a live dolphin show in it and they're, no they're yeah, they had live dolphins. They took um, a, a bathhouse, a public bathhouse at the time, you know, there, before the time of indoor plumbing, people had to go to public bathhouses in Wisconsin. It's freezing cold to take warm baths. So um, they took and converted this into a fancy restaurant in the seventies with live dolphin shows. My parents were kind of crazy. Um, and they're actually making a documentary about that movie right now. Or Are about you that. serious? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So they, I grew up, they own those. Um, my parents always told me never get in the restaurant industry. So <laughs> as soon as I got a, well, during college, of course, I got into it because you don't do what your parents tell you. Um, I bartended throughout college. And then I at graduated college, became a trader uh, for a hedge fund, Went took some time off after the crash. Went back into the restaurant industry. Thought I might want to get into it because I liked where it was going. I managed uh, the one of the top Irish bars in Florida, and then moved to New York. Worked for John George in Trump Tower, and um, was a bartender there. And then got into commercial real estate, and then got into marketing. I would always like marketing, and so I got into digital marketing. Loved it, and progressed through digital marketing to eventually owning and starting my own marketing agency. And I've had that, but it'll be nine years this year. Wow. So wait, let's talk gyros. So, because <laughs> I'm Greek and I didn't invent gyros, obviously. So like, so how did he do this? He went to Greece, like had gyros, thought this is amazing. And then like worked to get the, 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 the pitas and the lamb meat brought to the U.S. and the equipment. Yeah. So what he did was, as the story goes, they actually saw like the original... I think it was on, um, you know, not what was it? What's my line or like, what do I do? It's one of those TV shows in the seventies. And my parents are like trying to figure out what they want to do. And my mom's like, I love those. Let's, let's start a business with that. And my dad's like, okay. So he eventually, essentially like created the mass distributorship, figured out how to mass create these things and start doing it and start getting into co uh, colleges and then local events. And it was right. Yeah. And so that was back when, you know, local events were just starting out and, it, you know, festivals, et cetera. And being in in Wisconsin at the time, they started in Chicago, but they were from Wisconsin. So Summerfest was the big yeah. one. You know, Summerfest is huge. And they from Summerfest spread all over. And then eventually a Greek company bought them, bought it out from them. And, and uh, the rest is history. 
That's the first example of Greek capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and only. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was their revenue. They've been they've been trading off that for 30 years. Well, because I'm Greek and Puerto Rican, so like I had to be in the restaurant industry, though my parents both <laughs> my grandparents both owned restaurants, my Greek family and my Puerto Rican family both owned restaurants. Then my dad was a rocket scientist and my mom worked for Lockheed. And then I went right into the uh, restaurant industry. Like I have a hotel restaurant degree, so that's just funny. And I and I have gotten so drunk at Summerfest that I like passed out on a bench by like one. Thank God the sun's not that hot in in Wisconsin. And then uh, you know I took a nap and then I got up and rallied. But yeah, <laughs> yeah Summerfest is awesome. The shandy man, it's the shandy, and and also just you know there's polka bands. It's it's a great time if you go to Wisconsin in the summer. Yeah, Milwaukee, you got to go to Summerfest. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's worth, I mean, it's worth the destination too, because it's like 73 in the middle of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's by the water. It's good times. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. So that you've answered question number one, uh, you know, satisfactorily. I'm just, but I'll check you. there. Uh, let's go to question number two. What is the big project or initiative that you're working on right now? Um, really, for us, it's helping businesses create their strategy um, not just around the, the video strategy not just hey here's a strategy but help them learn that they have to speak to individuals and speak to their situation and understanding because now you know the old advertising model was that well you make one commercial and then you you put that commercial on as much as possible and you hope it hits and now it, it, there's so much noise out there you have to not only speak to a very specific person one person you know, we've talked about this before, but also their specific situation. And we're working more and more on that, helping people create case studies, helping them tell their story through their About Us page. A lot of people don't know that the second most used page on a website is the About Us page. People want to know the businesses that they work with. And being able to present those stories in a way that someone that's important, that works, it's a tough thing at first, but once they get it, it transforms businesses. And I've, I've actually seen that on a couple of restaurant websites where it was a husband and wife and it was an Italian place. And actually, I kind of do think it was actually in Wisconsin now that I think about it. Uh, but that they were like, literally, it was them sitting in a booth in their restaurant, you know, talking about, you know, we founded this thing in 1970, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the guy's got his arm around his wife and we took our family recipes and we brought them together because, you know, uh, I think a lot of restaurants they need, you know, this might feel like, oh, well, that's product advertising. How do you, how does this really transform? How does it play itself out in a restaurant situation? You know? No, I mean, oh, more so. I mean, people uh, growing, growing up in restaurants and one of my good friends that owned the Irish restaurant and we're still close friends. And I mean, it, the, the Irish restaurant at that time sold more, the only place in Florida that sold more Guinness than that was Universal. So we'd go, yeah. So we'd go through like eight kegs of Guinness a day. Um, but he, he said, you know, awesome food, amazing place. But he's always like, people are coming here for an experience. And part of the experience is the story. They want to know who the owner is. They want to know their story. And I saw that too growing up. You know, it, it was amazing to me that even I was on a plane once from in Wisconsin, from Wisconsin back to Orlando. And someone was t- sitting there talking about my parents. And people want to talk about that. They want to know and they want to have that experience. They want to feel like they're part of something. 
because you can go eat anywhere. And that's if you just do product advertising like that, that's when you're going to you're going to lose in the long run because someone's going to make it slightly better product or they're going to make it slightly cheaper or they're going to deliver it slightly faster. You know, but if you have a good story, no one can ever beat your story. Well, and two people want, I think it's sort of that goes back to uh, social proof, right? Like, like every time you buy something, people go, oh, that's a nice whatever it is, right? You want to tell them why you chose to buy that thing or why we chose to eat here because they have handmade pierogies or whatever, right? Is that what you're going to do? Oh yeah, completely. Don't you all, we all want to take our visiting friends and say, Hey, look at where I am. I mean, look at Instagram now, the, the best, the nut, if you look at all the videos on Instagram, they're all, the top ones are generally either travel or food. And it's because we want to show off and we want to show off where we're eating and we want to tell the story of that place and, and what's so great about it. And, you know, he's the top chef, but you know, you know, Grand Cat's story is fantastic. And, you know, even though he's one of the top restaurants, people love that story of Grand Acats. And that's, you know, that's just another perfect example of him using the book to further sell the restaurants. Wait, so, wait, here, explain that because I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Grand, Grand Acats, Alinea, um, you know, up in Chicago, top restaurant, one or two. He, he did all the um, micro, the uh, the gastronomy, the molecular gastronomy. Uh, but, you know, he almost lost his tongue to cancer. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's an amazing story. It's a great, great book of how they brought up a lineage, how it came into existence, how he left John George and went to work there, and or um, or yeah, it was it, it's really cool. Um, but it's an amazing story that he tells really well, and or you know whoever wrote the book is told really well in there, and people connect to it. And they also do really cool stuff with video. If you check out what they've done with like displaying their ads, they tell a story of uh, it's like a little movie they have little trailers for each new menu they do some awesome awesome stuff but yeah i mean we go all the time to places to t- unless it's like pure commoditized fast food and even then there's a story someone's telling themselves um, about about what they're eating right they're they're justifying why they go to get crappy food because oh it makes me feel better and you know you can play up to that stuff too yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, and also the experience that people have is important, too, and understanding that experience, which I do a lot with my clients. Well, and it seems like, too, because you kind of touched on this earlier with restaurants. So, like, let's say you're a bigger, bigger restaurant and you've got a meeting space and you've got, you know, you can do catering and then you obviously have the restaurant itself and then you have the bar with the bar menu. Would you suggest, like, having videos around each parts of that or video at the top of the menu page? or at the top of each section of the website so that they could talk about like, like, you know, obviously the owner's talking about, Hey, this is our restaurant. And we started this as a family thing. That's important on maybe the homepage, but on the wedding page or the meeting room page, it should be really about the story should be, we just cater to our guests, right? Like we yeah. make sure that, you know. Yep. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, examples of people there, people's experiences, you know, doing video interviews with your, with your customers is such a great opportunity for them to tell the experience of, of, that they had there. Cause it's not just about the food and it's a, it's a, a chance for someone else to experience it through video. And uh, it's, it, it's a, such a missed opportunity and it should be on your website, but it also should be, you know, followed up in, in emails. If someone emails you 
about that space, you should be sending them a video about the space. I've done that with catering companies, um, you know, and, and large, large catering companies where those videos get viewed thousands upon thousands of times and gives people, you, you, you get a chance to sell to the people when you're not in front of them. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I know that you guys will come in and you will um, come in and do a whole shoot and bring in cameramen and lights and makeup and all that stuff. Uh, but what about just like capturing like like phone video testimonials? Is that something that you're you're sort of uh, promoting as well? Or do you yeah, oh yeah, I push I push that. I mean, now the iPhone, it's ridiculous what you can shoot. I mean, if you go to my Instagram today, I, I actually I smoked some prime rib and did it sous vide over the holiday and. Um, and I had the ribs left and I brought them into the office for everyone I have. And I did a quick video of me roasting the ribs and getting them up to, to speed. Um, and, you know, I mean, once again, I have an office, but we, we, I love food. So we made an awesome kitchen in here. Um, but it was really easy for me to do and make a little story of how to do this. And those stories actually are the ones that get the most shares like that recipe being made. We do that with clients all the time. We say, hey, just, you know, get a tripod, get your phone, boom, there you go. And if you have customers coming in and you know they're a regular, get them on, on video with your phone. Get that version one done. Absolutely. By the way, I saw your Facebook feed and I saw your prime ribbon. It looked delicious. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and, and I got a big green egg for Christmas. So I kinda, yeah, I it just got delivered today. So I actually want to cook on it tonight. I'm going to go heat it up. Uh, that the start now and like four hours later you, you got it ready <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I know nothing about it so i'll have to figure that out uh, cool I'll, I'll tell tony to come over yeah no dude <laughs> oh my god okay so i live in this crazy neighborhood and it's super social and tony won the rib cook-off in the summertime but uh he's insane with those ribs man like he, and he's super hard on himself and they're like falling off the bone and he's like, ah, I just, I'm not happy with them. You know, <laughs> I think he's sufficient for compliments on those ribs, but they're delicious. I will give him that. Um, okay. So you're talking, okay. So that's that. I would say we've answered question number two, uh, question number three, this is where we're going to, uh, we're going to sort of veer off of our typical five question format. Um, because there's so much out there. There's Instagram, there's Yelp, there's Facebook, there's Twitter. What is the digital presence that a restaurant needs to have today? And right. why? I mean, obviously, you have to track your reviews. You have to, you have to track the, those reviews and make sure they're being monitored. Um, and then definitely Instagram and definitely Facebook. Those two work together. You have to be on them. You have to have video. You should be doing four to five posts a day. And it, it, that, that increases engagement significantly. The algorithms, it works through. Uh, perfect example, you know, my wife and I are, yeah, we know all the restaurants around, but we're trying to figure something out. She's like, oh, I saw these great tacos on Instagram. Saw them this morning. You never know when someone's going to be hungry and looking at Instagram. And it's an opportunity because they want to see something visually appealing. And Instagram lends itself perfectly to that. Plus, you know, with both of those, you can put videos on that. You should be videoing. You should get good at videoing your specials. You know, if you go to my website, iongarlic.com, I have a whole mobile studio video guide in there that the lights and tripods and for like under 300 bucks, you guys can have a decent video studio inside your restaurant. 
and be putting those videos out of your specials, you know, what's going out right now, the ingredients, those types of things, those two things need to be, need to be happening. Okay. So you're okay. So four to five posts a day and, and, and then does it, does your Instagram, can that link right through to your Facebook page? Can you yeah. get that hooked up so that when you post to Instagram, it just goes in? So you can just post everything from a video perspective to Instagram and then maybe more event type stuff on Facebook. Is that how you would break it up or? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And plus, you know, one, and not all being promotions. So sure. you don't have to constantly promote. And that's another big mistake people make is, you know, we don't put some recipes up there. You know, if you're a healthy restaurant, put some health articles up on there. The most recent health articles, um, you know, some funny quotes are always good. Um, something different. Don't don't just, you know, don't just say happy Fourth of July. But, you know, find a quote about the Fourth of July. Spend a little bit of time. But if you take the time to build out a content calendar for the year one time, you know, generally you can just start adjusting it and adjusting it and then, you know, playing to local events, et cetera, of course. But, uh, you know, it, I, you, you still want slightly different with because you want a lot more hashtags on Instagram. It gives you an opportunity um, to to be found. More often, especially restaurants, they people are looking for food. They're looking for foodies. They're looking to connect, and they'll follow you. And you can get fifteen, sixteen thousand followers pretty easily if you're a restaurant. So, okay, so two things. Let's dive into content calendars and kind of explain what those are to the listeners, so that they know kind of what a content calendar is. And let's go back to hashtagging because I thought hashtagging was a Twitter thing. And so, as you can yeah. tell, I don't do a ton of Instagram. So yeah, yeah. So hashtags. Um, in we'll start with hashtags and Twitter. Um, great thing is Twitter suggests them to you. One trick is to, I mean, like we talked about before, think of your ideal customer, your, what we call your avatar. Who is that person and what's important to them? And think of those hashtags. Uh, you can go through and look them. And then I, what I do is I just copy them into Evernote. So it's on my phone. And Evernote is a, a, a note-taking program, and then I can copy and paste a lot of them in there. Um, and then I put a I put them underneath the caption. The thing with you know Instagram is you can have a much longer caption. You can write a paragraph or two that's okay. interesting. Um, but the hashtags people discover stuff by the hashtags, and they'll follow you based on hashtags. And if you're entertaining them, and that's what you can do, just think about entertaining people. Don't try and sell them. With Instagram, they'll they'll keep following you. They'll keep liking stuff, and they'll keep paying attention. Uh, and then uh, you know, and that that's another opportunity to you on the side is you know do a quick little video in in your restaurant of someone that is having a great experience, laughing and stuff, and like, hey man, do you mind if I put you on your, our Instagram? They're gonna feel special and most likely tell everyone, hey, I was on so and so's restaurant's Instagram, and you know, and then you'll get a few more followers that way. Um, what was the first part? <laughs> uh, content calendars. Uh, content calendar. So um, basically seasonal, you should have a calendar of what type of content you're going to promote. And what I suggest to people is do it by, you know, what are your three or four big things that you're known for? You know, if you're a burger place, you might be known, you know, for, for burgers, quality of beef, um, you know, some quirkiness and your service. So you, you might do one week for each one of those things and do a four week cycle and then also look at the seasons and know what seasons are coming up and plan content around that seasonal stuff. 
So, and, and then mi- mix it too, you know, like St. Patrick's day is coming up. Uh, here's five Irish burgers that you can have and know that like, you know, here's the best beers with, with, uh, for burgers on St. Patrick's day, et cetera. Um, and, and you plan that out ahead of time. And that way it'll allow you also to coordinate your promotions. If you do have any type of promotions around those holidays, because you'll engage people outside of just a promotion. Well, and I think too, and this is probably more for the independent restaurants, but the other thing about doing a content calendar, which actually this is a great time of year to do your content calendar, because obviously we're about to flip into uh, 2017, is that you can delegate some of this stuff too. Because if you have a content calendar, then you can go to, because I guarantee you, first of all, a GM of a restaurant, you can't do everything. And obviously if you're in a chain, then the chain should be doing a lot of this stuff for you. But even if you're in a chain, you still got to be doing local store marketing in your area. Exactly. You're allowed to do. But uh, the nice thing is, is that you might, a lot of guys in the restaurant industry suck at technology, which I mean, it's whatever. So, so they're not as comfortable with technology, but I guarantee you, you've got people on your team that don't suck at technology. And then some of them are more than likely getting a marketing degree or need some sort of school project to do who would love to get some credit, almost like an internship to run your Instagram for you. And if you have that content calendar laid out for them, you can kind of let them roll with it a little and say, hey, look, this the uh, this is the second week of the month. So we're really going to be talking about, we really just want to be focusing on great experiences and great service. So let's take some pictures of people having great experiences or highlight great service or, you know, something. Exactly, exactly. It allows you to dictate what they're doing so they're not just randomly, because they don't understand your business, but they'll understand how to use the technology. Exactly. So just yeah, go look on your shift and go find someone that's having a great time, like you said, and ask if we can take a picture of them and throw it up on Instagram or, you know, when people have huge birthdays at your restaurant, like maybe like not like 17, who gives a rat's ass, but someone turned 50 or had a 50th wedding anniversary. Absolutely. Maybe you take a picture of those guys and throw them up there because it's a big deal. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for choosing us to share your you know, special night with that type of stuff. Yep. Yep. And what's cool about that too, is that those special events, people, then you have that social proof, right? Yeah. And they're like, Oh, I never thought to have my event there. And now all their friends see it. They're like, Oh, I'm going to have my event there. And you don't have to sell it at all because there's, it's an example. Someone else did it. Obviously it's good. I see a picture of them smiling. Boom. Done. And I think from a back of the house side too, things that I kind of came up with, you kind of mentioned them, but like, you know, especially if you're doing some really eclectic ingredients, like shoot your specials just because if you do it, but here's, I would say this, if you're going to shoot your specials, you got to do it consistently. You got to shoot, you have to post your special every day because you want people to get used to looking for your specials on Instagram, right? So then that could even be a link that you would stick on your homepage. Check out today's specials, click here to see today's specials. And it takes you to the Instagram feed and the guy could be like, you know, showing the soup or whatever. But then especially too, from a back of the house perspective, if you're, or from a bar perspective, if you've got really eclectic products, like you're doing something from farm to table, some crazy bacon or something, you know, then talk about, don't talk about where the bacon came from, maybe, you know, this yeah. is the farm and this is why it cost me like $50 a pound because they massage these pigs, you know, feed a beer or whatever, like the Kobe beef or special liquors too, because especially like there's so many liquors, you can only get one bottle of. You could go on your website and be like, I've got half a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle 
<laughs> you know, you're going to bring some people in to drink that. Yeah, you'll sell some Pappy Van Winkle. Trust me. Yeah, and and you know, you know, if you have the content calendar, besides the people inside there, look to your distributors to create some of the content for you. Saying, "Hey, I know St. Patty's Day is coming up. Do you have any ideas for content? Where this is what we're planning. We need some stuff about the experience. You know, uh, you know, even if they're they're working with someone like Ops Analytica, be like, "Hey, guys, can you create some content for our restaurant about uh, you know because we're a safer restaurant because of this, and you know, five ways to know that you're in a safer restaurant." Um, which uh, which is a big deal to a lot of people. And especially if you, if you tell people that, hey, you're in a safer restaurant because of this and this and this and, and, and food health, you know, then they start to think about the other restaurants, your competition. And like, well, they're not telling me about this. Maybe they're not a safer restaurant. <laughs> yeah. We saw an interesting stat from uh, the Tennessean magazine that said 28% of people would not eat at a chain, would never go back to a chain that had a foodborne illness outbreak, even if that outbreak didn't happen in their area. So, and then you look at Chipotle, right? Their, their foodborne issues were in the Northwest and in Massachusetts, uh, different issues. And their sales are still 25, maybe like 22 to 25% down year over year. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I've been following that very closely because that's the, that stat had come from a survey of people but it's kind of mirroring what you're seeing at Chipotle. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And it, it, people fail to realize that operations is marketing. You know, yeah. it, it, it's that experience because it, it, you can monitor Yelp all the time and respond to every Yelp review. But if you're getting one out of five is a bad review because of your operations, because, you know, you, you're for that you can control, well, then you've got a major problem that all the marketing in the world can't help, but it's something that you can fix and, and flip it around. Yep. Well, I, I guess it's, uh, speaking of Yelp, cause you'll hear so many people complaining about Yelp and they'll be like, well, they only put the bad reviews up and all that kind of stuff. Well, if you can't like, if you, you can't allow yourself to like, look at the bad reviews and go like, I mean, some of them, sure. So a lot of times you'll get a foodie in there who will like complain about like, you know, the, the cut on the vegetables was wrong. Well, you know, that's one thing. But when somebody's telling you they had a horrible experience, you can't just selectively choose to ignore that and say, well, they don't know what it takes to run a restaurant. They don't care. They're a customer and they've got this huge bullhorn and they're shouting through it and you've got to do something that they're trying to tell you, hey, like people don't want to be in conflict. They don't want to tell the owner of the restaurant, hey, this is horrible. They just don't want to come back. And now with Yelp, they're they're not coming back and they're letting you know but in a way that they don't have to have a conflict with you so you need to address those and fix those people's experiences and get them to rescind or change their reviews or that stuff will plague you yep exactly exactly yeah There's it's a, oh, yep. sorry i was nope. just say a one star increase on your yelp review is worth something like four to six percent increase in sales oh yeah Oh yeah. I mean, I, I filter, like I go to new city. It's like, if you're, you know, the difference between three and a half and four is if I'm going to you or not. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And, uh, but you know what, if you provide me an exceptional experience, I'm going to write about it and I'm going to talk to everyone about it and I'm going to take pictures too. And I'm going to put it out there. Absolutely. 
we had chatted about this prior to the call, but one of the things too, just from an operations perspective, because it is key that like the best marketing you can do is having great operations, right? Like it really is because you can tell people all day long how great you are and, and tell them what you're doing. But if they come in and they don't and their expectations aren't met, then you have a gap that's going to cause that person to maybe not come back. And if you put a ton of money in the marketing and, and I, we should, we, you know, it used to be radio marketing was the way because the radio used to have very aggressive sales guys who would be out hammering businesses like, you know, you got to advertise on the radio, but then the people wouldn't really have a plan behind it. So they wouldn't see any ROI off of it. And they would spend thousands of dollars running radio ads on just rando stations. But like <laughs> you can like market yourself out of business because if you're doing a poor job operating and you push, you have a very effective marketing campaign and your ops aren't delivering you can run a ton of people through your restaurant one time but then they're never going to come back and you're going to accept you're going to increase your negative word of mouth negative reviews and all of a sudden you'll get this huge push and then it will just fizzle and then you won't yep. see any of those people come back yep there's nothing more expensive than acquiring the customer Yep. And, you know, once once it's in there and, and we talk about it all the time, that marketing is it, it's it's throughout the life of, of the customer. So it's it's not just getting them in the door. It's it's what you're doing once they're in the door converting. We talk about conversion, making sure that they stay there, making sure that you're getting them to buy more. Obviously, we talk about upsells, but what are some other ways that you can do it? You know, being innovative in that way um, and then also getting them come back more often. You know, what are you doing to market to the people that are coming back? Are you using email? Are you directly contacting people that spend a lot of money? Are you monitoring how much they're spending? Uh, because, you know, if you have someone that's coming in and spending 100 bucks a week, are you thanking them for it? Uh, you know, uh, there, there's all those huge opportunities that every point of there is marketing. You can do that now with good data. Absolutely. They, uh, and, and also, this is one thing that I've learned, too, recently is you know running a restaurant just keeping the damn thing open and moving forward or i'm relearning i should say is, is a 365 you know 24 hour a day seven day a week 365 type of job just to keep the thing staffed running well when we're talking about doing some of these things like reaching back out well some of the register systems have some of that obviously uh but there are other things that you can do to have people you can you don't have to do it all yourself don't look at what we're saying as, oh my God, I'm the GM of this place or or I own 10 of these restaurants and I barely have time to do any of the stuff I need to do, like find new locations, grow my business. How do you want me to thank every client for coming in or whatever? So obviously you want to leverage technology, but you also might want to even look at leveraging outsourcing as well. I mean, my I have a another neighbor who he's paying some guy in India $50 a week to send 100 uh you know emails a day five days a week so there are you can go on upwork or you know some of these other platforms if you can't find one of your servers who's looking for to make a little extra money on the side you can go find other places where you can have if you don't have a system that's sophisticated but you can have somebody get onto your twitter feed or your instagram and thank people for commenting Yep. It, it yep. can be as simple as that. And it doesn't have to cost you a billion dollars and you don't have to squeeze that in to your schedule. You can, you can, um, 
you know, outsource it or uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, well, no, yeah, delegate it. You can de- definitely delegate it if you have a strategy. That's like you said, yes, what's my big push? I want to help companies have the strategy because if they have the strategy in place, they can grow, they can enjoy their business more because if you have a strategy based on your business goals, not just how much money you want, but what type of business you want. From there, you can backtrack all the marketing and then say, this is the marketing I need. Who do I need to do it? You know, do I need someone high level? Do I need an awesome video right now? Or do I need someone just shooting videos of the daily special? Can I train that one person? You know, we've got a ton of resources. And like I said, that video, you know, that mobile studio thing that's free on my site, you can train one person to do it if you have that strategy in place. And then if they leave, you just get another person to do it. But it, 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 it doesn't have to be this big thing. I'm just saying, you know, look at where, where you're weak. And if you have a lot of people coming through the door, but you're not making, you know, if your your profit margin is not there, you know, look at look at where you're losing money in your operations. If you're losing, you know, if you don't have a lot of people coming back, once again, it's operations. If you have people coming back but not spending enough, you know, are you offering enough up? The, there's all those marketing opportunities, but look at where the, you can move the needle the most. Hey, so while we're talking marketing, uh, what do you what do you think about the traditional? I mean, obviously, we've been talking digital marketing, Instagram, Facebook, and then monitoring the review sites. But what do you think about traditional marketing as well? Print, uh, radio, television in your area, that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think uh, I I think television is throwing lots of money out the window because people fast forward through the commercials. I mean, I watch commercials from an investigative standpoint to see what they're doing. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, there's not many commercials out there. I mean, we don't have the universal commercial experience anymore. Radio can work, but once again, you, you really need to have a good story if you're going to do anything like that and have some specific reason beyond branding. Branding just doesn't work anymore unless you're, unless you have a decent amount of chains and, you know, decent, unless you're like a larger chain restaurant, and in which case, you know, the branding can work. It, it can work to prime your digital, but they, you should be connecting the two as well. So if you do a print campaign, it should be moving them over to some digital resource. Like, like an Instagram, like, hey, go get a free ad by liking us on Instagram and we'll send you, a, you know, something or other. Just getting them connected or joining our email list. Um, but it should be moving them to the digital because that's where people spend all of their time. I mean, and if you look into restaurants, people are in restaurants on their platform right there. You can be communicating right there. (laughs) Well, and it takes nothing to have train your server at the end of the meal to be like, hey, if you guys really enjoyed this meal, would you would you mind interviewing us on would you mind reviewing us on Yelp or uh, whatever TripAdvisor or Instagram or Facebook? Or would you mind checking in, you know, hey. Well, you know, have your train your hostesses to say, hey, have you checked in yet? You check in, there might be a coupon for you. You know what I mean? Like free dessert or whatever to get to drive that engagement. And that's just two sentences, right? A server drops your menus off or it's on your table tent. Or you can pay someone $12 an hour at each of the shifts for, you know, 70 bucks a a day. Have someone going going around. If you're a medium-sized restaurant, that's nothing compared to your revenue. So, you know, that's amazing advertising. Yeah. Well, and I, one other thing too about like Facebook, because 
one thing I will tell you, because we've, we've tried Twitter and we've done, we do Facebook advertising and Twitter and stuff. I will tell you that with Facebook, what you, it's amazing how you can, and you can, you should elaborate on this because I'm going to get it like just a very high level. You can build custom audiences off of just a few email addresses and you can limit it geographically. So you can target your ads to the exact type of person. Can you kind of talk about that? Why don't you talk about yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, with Facebook advertising, you can, what it can do essentially is if you've got a list, an email list, and you know what that they're your ideal customer, you can upload it and Facebook's going to create an audience that's exactly like that. Now, what's better is if you can segment it somehow, segment your email list by, you know, time of day that they come in or what they came in for. You know, if you do have the that event hall, um, are they a family? You know, and then you can say, hey, this is a list of the families that come in. I want to talk to those families today uh, and say you can build that list in in Facebook and say within these three zip codes, I want to talk to these these types of families and uh, and build the ad and then segment out the ads and tell them a story and constantly market them for inexpensive. I mean, I helped uh, just a, a year or two ago, but a blueberry farm um, fill up their email list for, I want to say like $150. We got 800 email addresses of families. because so we knew specifically that we we're targeting families that liked organic food and like to do stuff with their kids. And we had a small email list. We made that and you put that in there and it, it, it's scary what you can do, but that's why you have to know your customer and have to know their story. Cause if you do, you can get highly targeted and talk to them at the right times too. And that's so much better than just, you know, throwing a thousand or 2000 bucks up on, uh, on the radio station to run all these ads. Cause you pay to run the ads on the radio station. It doesn't matter if it converts or not, but with like, Facebook advertising or any digital advertising, you only pay when somebody clicks, unless you're paying for views, I guess, right? Well, can- video views, you pay after someone, it's what is it? I think it's five seconds right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But five seconds, if you get someone to watch five seconds of video view, and we are averaging, if it's entertaining, we're, we're under a penny of view. A penny of view to get someone to watch five seconds of video. And all you have to do is make an entertaining video. Um, and that's an amazing, amazing stat. And people are highly engaged on Facebook. It's not like radio that even if they have it on, they're not listening because the kids are screaming. Yep. I can't remember the last radio ad I heard. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I listen to Apple music. So yeah, no, yep. but then again, we're, we're techie. Hey, so I have a question for you. So talk about what you're doing for some of the restaurants that you're doing marketing for right now and what's working really well. Uh, we might have already, if we've already covered this, then we can move on. But yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, Instagram and Facebook engagement, turning it up, but also making it entertain. Not just, it's not just broadcasting your specials. It's, it's knowing what your audience wants and entertaining them in that way and engaging them, you know, from, you know, if it's brunch, doing so a lot of funny brunch quotes, there's all people love brunch, but they want to hear funny brunch quotes and, and then they're going to share it with their friends. Cause it's funny. Cause, Oh yeah. I, I, we had a funny one the other day. That's, um, you know, uh, brunch without alcohol is just a sad breakfast. Hmm. Everyone's like, everyone laughed about it. You know, everyone's sharing that like, ha ha ha, you're a drunk, <laughs> but you know, th- those are kind of things you, if you entertain, people are going to pay attention. And that's what they, on social media, you have to entertain. You can't just broadcast advertising. 
So that that's the big thing in, in frequency and consistency. You have to do it a lot and you have to do it consistently. It has to be unique because it, it's unique entertainment. But Facebook video ads definitely working really, really well. Um, Instagram video and in, in Instagram uh, boosted posts because you can highly target it with them, especially on specific times. You know, if brunch is coming up, you know that Saturday you know, Saturday mornings at specific times, you can get specifically targeted to the people that you want. Uh, but those are the big things. And then uh, obviously building email lists. Cool. And then I had a question and then I forgot it, but it was a follow up to that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah. And this, I would say, I already kind of said this, but just rely on your staff to help you. Don't try to do all this yourself because you've got young creative people. That's one of the, you know, that's one of the negatives and one of the best things about hiring restaurant people is that they are young and creative and you get so you should get some of the benefit of having those kids around and have them help you do stuff and uh, it might it, it probably will lower turnover too to be honest with you yeah yeah if you get them engaged in telling the story and and also talking about themselves people want to know who they're who they're meeting when they walk into the restaurant and and they're more likely to enjoy the experience if they know the person I mean, how many places you go, do we go because we know someone that works there and, and, you know, if, even if you don't really know them, but you recognize them, they could become a, a micro celebrity to some people. And, so, yeah. It's crazy. Um, what is the one thing that you thought the restaurant industry should be doing right now that it isn't? Yeah. I thought a lot about this. I mean, I, I really think being having someone specifically within their business that is their digital marketing go-to person. Um, and I, I, I just think it's, it's crucial or hire, hiring out outsourcing it to someone. But I, I really think in having someone, or like you said, the staff members understanding the strategy is absolutely, absolutely crucial. And the other thing is for the medium sized chains, not, taking a hold of each of the small restaurants, uh, individual personalities, uh, you know, making it too, um, too generic among them. And then that's a big one too, because you know who you look to that's really good about this is Disney. Each of the hotels has its own personality, has its own mission statement, has its own way of doing things. Gotcha. That's, that's really cool. Um, so, okay, uh, recount the funniest thing that's happened to you in your career. And this could be restaurant or marketing. I'm not going to limit you. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I've had some funny, funny stuff. Um, oh, probably one of my worst restaurant moments was uh, I worked at John George, and I'm not going to name the celebrity but he was a regular there. We had a lot of celebrity regulars. And that was a cool part about working there was because I, after a while, you just realize people are people. And, you know, I, I worked at Irish bar and had regulars and worked there and you have regulars and the regulars are just super famous regulars. They have a lot of money. They're still like the same type of people. You have the same swath of humanity. Um, but one of those regulars uh, came in, I'd locked up the restaurant and we had security lock it up and he had security reopen the restaurant for him and then <laughs> sat there till six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I just sit there with him. I'm like, Oh man, 
Oh man. So that, that's the one difference between celebrities is that, you know, that, that can happen. And also, um, Donald Trump, we were always told his big thing was that you cannot look at his hair. (laughs) (laughs) He would freak out if you looked at his hair. Well, so is it fake or is it real? Oh, it's, it's like see-through. If you see it in real life, it's, it's like this halo and just hovered. It's like, it's kind of like, like, like cotton candy that just sits on top of his head. So, okay. So a couple questions. First question is, did you get a good tip for staying till 6 a.m.? And did you make, no, 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 no. I, I, yeah, no, no. People are surprisingly cheap, even though they have tons of money. Um, I mean, I I once in a while got like a thousand dollar tip here or there. I had one guy sit down and drink. He just sold his two gold mines <laughs> and, and sat at the bar and drank $30,000 of wine by himself. And uh... <laughs> that's like everything that's wrong with capitalism and everything that's right with capitalism simultaneously <laughs> wrapped up in the one thing. I just sold my both my gold mines. I am so rich. I have no one to celebrate it to with because I've been building these goddamn gold mines for the last 30 years and I have lost all relationships with everybody who loves me. But I'm wealthy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. It was, I had some crazy restaurant stories for sure. So they didn't uh, tip you. Okay, so real quick, was Donald Trump, did he ever eat in the restaurant when you were there? And was he like, oh, yeah. was he a good guy? Was he no. nice? He wasn't. Uh, was he kind of a turd? Yeah, yeah, he oh, was nice. kind of a turd. Um, who else? I met. Yeah, there were some really cool people. Like Luke Wilson was a regular. He was super cool. Um, yeah, he was a nice guy. I had some good ones. Rachel Ray, super sweet. She's so cool. Um, yeah, and then I got what's her name? Um, who's uh, Raquel Welch? Sat at the bar one time, and I got her wasted. she's like you make the best margaritas (laughs) her Seinfeld episode is one of the best episodes ever when she beats up Elaine and Kramer I love that (laughs) that is awesome (laughs) oh man yes the most famous person I ever waited on was uh, Michael Jordan I think that's a pretty big one because he used to when he went to the Wizards uh, he used to come to the Tyson's Corner, PF Chang's, and just sit at the bar and eat like a Chang's chicken by himself. Because I don't know where his, I don't know if his family had moved to DC during that period, and he was just very nice and cool. That's awesome. That's good it, to hear. It's always a bummer when you hear about famous people who are rich being kind of a dick to like restaurant people in general, only because like, come on, man, you've already won the lottery. You're rich and famous. Like you can't be cool to the, like the little people. Like year Drew Carey used to leave hundred dollar tips for like pancakes. Like that's what you're supposed to do when you're rich. You're supposed to take care of people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, come on. I mean, you, like you said, you hit the lottery. Most of these people didn't start their business themselves. It's, it's like you became a celebrity. That's a lottery. Yeah. And yeah. Yep. 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 Uh. Okay, so thank you so much, Ian, for being on today. Would you like to? Uh, I'm going to put all. Would you like to promote anything like your uh, website? You know, if if anyone wants to, uh, we are putting up a marketing schedule, a 2017 video marketing uh, plan creator on the website. If you um, 
go to my website, iongarlic.com, and just put in saying, hey, I heard you on Tommy's show and I want to get that. Well, I'll send it to you for free. Uh, we're usually charging for that, but it's it's an eight video course on how to create your marketing strategy, how to set your goals. And it, this is not like, this is stuff I've t- tried and uh, tried and tried and tested. And, uh, you know, and it's obviously I've been doing it for 10 years. So it, it's really will help any business. Oh, wonderful. And then I will put a link, you'll get me that link and I'll put it up on the show notes so that it's correct. And then we'll, uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. So you'll be able to click right out of the show notes to go uh, to Ian's website to look for the mobile studio that'll be up there, uh, which equipment you need to bring in so you can make really good looking videos. And also I'll get a link so that you can uh, contact Ian about that uh, thing he just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know what's funny is that we we did this whole restaurant show, and you never made a single joke about my last name being garlic. Oh, well, tell them about your podcast really quickly because that's funny too. How you like uh, the podcast title? Oh, the Garlic Marketing Show: Stories yes. and Strategies That Don't Stink. Yes, yeah, I, I I tested it and it just tested well. And do you know that you know about my wife that her maiden name's Curry? No, I did not know that. Yeah, we had the curry garlic wedding. If you go to currygarlic.com, you can see all our wedding stuff. <laughs> so, but, but tell them how you tested it, because that's just it's really important. Tell them real quickly how. Okay, so, oh yeah. So, I mean, this is, a, this is a good thing for anyone to do for any, you know, we, we want to come up with cute names. And I always think this is hilarious too, because I drive, I go around the country and, you know, I go to a lot of places speaking and, and meeting with clients and, um, you know, I go through a lot of small towns and it's interesting how in small towns it, you have a plethora of cutesy names for things because th- there's no competition, but we don't realize when we make a cutesy name that we're, we're diluting our marketing capability um, for the most part. So you have to realize what your goal is with it. So what we did with the, the, the podcast is we tested, we wrote down 40 different names and we tested them on Facebook for clicks. And I threw in the garlic marketing show at the end and it by far won. And we spent like $150, $200, not, not, not a whole lot of money, but within a few days, we knew what people would click on the most. And, you know, that's the big thing too. You got to do is test, 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 test with marketing and do lots of stuff and some of the stuff's not going to work. And I think that's the biggest failure in, in today is people do it and say, Oh, that didn't work. They like said radio, they might not have had a good ad, but marketing works if you test and do it right. And, and social media is your huge opportunity to do it. Well, yeah. And so you basically took 40 different names for your podcast, but this could be 40 names for your restaurant. This could be 40 names for your new menu item. This could be whatever it is that you're trying to market off of your next big special. You basically created Facebook ads around those 40 different names. You put a budget behind them of whatever, 50 bucks a day, whatever, right? And yeah. you put them out there to this huge swath of the of the world, and you just watched to see what people clicked on. And, yep. and that was it. That was your test, right? So it wasn't yeah. like this highly complicated thing. You just brainstormed a bunch of names for a podcast, created the ads, and just let people actually tell you what they wanted to see, and then that's how you chose. So yep. you didn't have to go off your gut. Because your gut was it because you didn't like that name, if I remember correctly. I, yeah, I hated it. I hated it, but I threw it in there. Just I was like, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it in there. I want to prove that it's not right. And it proved wrong. I, pro- I was proved wrong. Well, and that's what's so important because we all 
make so many decisions in our lives based off of our gut instinct, and which is like, you know, yeah. I'm sure if you looked at the percentage of like accuracy on that, it's low, but with, with this new modern marketing with, with like social media marketing, especially with the Facebook, you now have this ability to like throw your gut up there and fit the other things and see what's actually is going to get a reaction because you know, and that's, I think that's really huge too, as just a way to use these tools for experimentation. Would you rather come to the Woodhouse Conference Center or Woodbridge Conference Center? Who knows, you know, but put them both up there. See what, yeah. see what people click on more. Send them to the same webpage. Doesn't matter. You just want yep. the information. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're going to spend $10,000 on a, a sign out front, why not get the one that people spend 200 bucks and see which, which one people click on the most for the, for the yeah. name and the design? it's a huge opportunity for you because you have that idea of people driving by what's the one that's going to get the most attention. That's cool. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today and uh, we will be in touch. And uh, to our listeners, like I said, we're going to be cranking out a, uh, we're doing a, a whole series of people that aren't necessarily restaurant operators, but are working with a lot of restaurant operators right now. And I got uh, another one coming up here, a guy who does, market research off of like food tastings and stuff so that'll be another interesting podcast and we got a lot of interviews signed up as well so or uh, scheduled i love that i can't wait to hear that one i love that kind of stuff cool man hey thank you so much ian and we'll talk to you soon tommy thank you bye-bye